0: hello and welcome to uh this week's discussion podcast from the rethink energy team um we're joined with myself peter white we've got harry morgan our wind and uh, lead analyst and we've got andrew swanton our solar uh, analyst and we've got simon thompson and um we're going to talk about the uh issue uh, that we just um put to bed uh, the first subject we're going to talk about is um it's actually quite a surprising one. So perovskite uh, hitting the headlines again. Andres through um, Saul actually getting uh, quite a large project
1: off the ground. Yeah this this uh, small Polish company of a few dozen people called Saul Technologies or maybe it's Solar Technologies. Uh, it's, uh, it's, they pronounce it Solar. yeah right. Solar Technologies. Yeah, so okay. I spoke to them about eight months ago. It, it doesn't surprise me to see them being the very first to have a commercial Perovskite installation. Why? Why, why, why does it not surprise you? Because if you try, th- th- there's two big technological, well, maybe they're not big, we'll find out. There's two technological hurdles remaining for perovskites. And one is trying to combine them in tandem cells with silicon. And that was that was part of the issue that that sort of lurked in the background with the fallout between Meyerberger and uh, Oxford PV a few weeks back. The other issue is that test cells are now competitive with silicon in terms of their efficiency. But when you try to expand them to the commercially relevant scale, uh, then you start getting deformations in the coating of perovskites. And that halves the efficiency. Whereas if you upscale a silicon test cell to full scale, they only lose a couple of percentage points. So it's just another way in which the technology is not ready
0: i was talking to somebody andre so while well, just quite recently we were crying for a project and they said and they reminded me it took perk seven years to uh to to kind of smooth over all those problems and hmm. um, and so uh they're, they're obviously there is a history uh with new technologies coming to market with a kind of seven-year ramp up but
1: what solar tech does is they have small very small scale perovskite modules that are just perovskites so they kind of dodge both of those issues to a significant extent and they they've done this uh, installation on uh some blinds for for a factory in in uh, in uh in lublin poland so it's not a large installation but it's it's the start of a new era because we do expect still uh the perovskites will take over at least a third. Maybe, we, we forecasted 40 percent of uh, global solar by 2030. And uh, I guess it depends on how long they can, how long it takes to iron out these remaining technological issues. But what SolarTech has is a niche where they don't have to compete with silicon because they're operating into small scale that silicon can't get into. And I, I think SIGs and, uh, and other thin film stuff like first solar stuff is also a little bit large for it as well. Yeah, and
0: um, I, I mean did have you um i think you should try and um, talk to them about this project because i'd really like to know the the economics of putting putting perovskite on the well obviously on the sides of uh, of of these blinds um and i imagine they track the sun in, in fact that i imagine that the they do. the window goes darker as as it kind of goes over the uh over the horizon and it and, and you get as much Light as possible onto the blind. So I'm not sure. You know, is that robotic? Is that uh, a tracking system? Uh, Also, what's the kind of efficiency and how much energy are they getting
1: out of it? And what are they using it for? And what is it? You know, economically, what's the payback time? Well, I think uh, I think last time I talked to them six months ago, they said their efficiency was just ten percent. So it's probably
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and they will push on, uh, as we know, other people have reached twenty. Uh, do, you, do you think there'll be other commercial
1: installations, say, in the next six months in perovskite? Well, I think there will be from Salatech, at least. I haven't heard that much about other. I think they are quite far ahead in terms of this market niche of very small scale stuff. I think but, you've got to look at this
0: from the point of view of, uh, of the actual application. I mean, this is an application that says, uh, how else can you put solar on your building? You can have... You can put it on your roof. It's heavy. Uh, People come and break your tiles. Um, It costs quite a lot of money for those people to come along. Um, Or you can put it in your windows, uh, but then you can't see through the windows uh, properly. Um, Or then you put it on your blinds or you put it on the side of your glass building. All those areas are are areas that perovskite and other uh, PV technologies will attack. I, mean, I was reading last week a, an invention 10 years ago for, for clear glass that, that behaves like solar that came out of, I think it was Toshiba, one of the large Japanese conglomerates, it's being acquired by uh, a South Korean business who want to exploit it financially. So 10 years on, the patents have been rotting, but now they want to put it up the sides of buildings. So I think that's a,
1: a great area, whether it's broads or not. Um. There's not much more to say about that, I think. I did check the Chinese. I think the last major announcement from them was back in June with uh, Wonder Solar saying they'll they plan to eventually have a 10 gigawatt perovskite factory and they're promising their little pilot line as well. So you've got maybe half a dozen companies each saying, we want to build a 100 megawatt perovskite um, tandem uh, pilot line, but I'm just, I'm waiting for them to actually do it. Oxford PV perhaps isn't the only one that has, a, has seen a delay. I think
0: with Oxford PV, we have to, um, so again, I, I spotted some coverage this week um, saying that their their 100 megawatt line was ready. And hmm. then I, so I went back to them and said, well, well, have you issued some kind of a statement that I didn't hear? And they said, no, that's just people picking up on news that's three weeks old. <laughs> uh, and I went, hold on, no, this is you leaking that idea to the community. I don't think that you're going to get it finished until you've got an agreement with Mayor Berger. And if you don't get agreement with Mayor Berger, you're going to lose another year. If you lose another year, you're out of the game. And they were, oh, dear. No, no, that's not right. But then again, I was only talking to their uh, PR uh, function. So I was going, yes, but would you know? If that's right and and they had to go, "Oh, oh, no, we wouldn't, so I think I think um the the tandem thing was questioned when you did your report entries uh, a lot of people like solar uh, and in and in fact, um you know first solar and people like that, all questioned was that the right way to go and Enrail as well, and oxford p v very
1: dominant, very ahead of the time, yes, we've got it covered, and perhaps they haven't hmm. Well, it's, uh, worth, uh, it's worth noting, actually. When I, I think when I spoke to Saler or someone else, I tried to get them to say mean things about Oxford PV. And they, they were very nice about them. and said, oh, we're very, you know, they, they're trailblazers. They've done great research. So, but, you well, know, they well, still, talk they to still do a different approach, don't they? So there's that.
0: Well, yeah, but I said that to the, their um, their tech, tech, technical director. And he said, no, no, we're not just putting all our eggs into tandem. We can also sell this technology to people like Salah, who <laughs> and, and jump them from ten percent to twenty percent? Oh, well, there you go then. And 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 hundreds of others like them. So they're saying we we're going to go in all those directions eventually, but our first product is this tandem product, and and so almost they were stepping back from it being their uh, reason for existence. Um, but, but like all these things, it's the company that applies the most funding for the longest period of time, and that's almost certainly going to be a Chinese company, with help from their government.
1: Yeah, there's about there's about four that I mentioned in the article.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, going back to... Um, the issue. I think the the other thing that's really it's, it's sort of got. In fact, again, we had another discussion about it, sort of offline, uh, Harry and I, was this whole idea. And I thought your article, Harry, was got it absolutely on the nay on the money. That um, that you know does green hydrogen win against blue hydrogen? And I think uh, I think you should go through the logic of your piece, which I thought was excellent. I think this was astonishing, by the way, the 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 price drop. Please 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 tell Harry.
2: Yeah, no, it was a bit of a build on uh, article from last week. Obviously, we talked about that report that was talking about how blue hydrogen doesn't make any sense environmentally in terms of its uh, fugitive emissions. I think the the other thing that really rules blue hydrogen out uh, is its cost, um, especially when you consider the trajectory against green hydrogen. I think that's what I was sort of trying to prove through the sort of modelling approach this week and. Essentially, what the findings were is that green hydrogen will be the cheapest type of hydrogen worldwide by 2028 um, and in some markets by 2026. And that's even before you start considering some of the the huge steps we could see through um, new approaches to catalysts, new approaches to oxygen realisation and other sort of clean methods of actually producing hydrogen using renewables. The three main things. To think about when you're looking at the cost trajectory of green hydrogen, are the fact it won't face carbon taxes. That's that's the that's one of the really real key ones. But primarily, it's the economies of scale. So with emerging technologies like electrolyzers, typically we see a sort of 15% learning rate. So that means every time the global capacity doubles, there's a 15% reduction in cost. So going from 200 megawatts today uh, to what we expect to be around 100 gigawatts by 2030, probably even more than that. The actual capex of an electrolyzer unit will fall from sort of $1,500 per uh, per kilowatt down to sort of 300, 400. And that in itself uh, is a a huge chunk of this cost reduction. And then we've got electricity costs that will be falling due to the uh, falling cost of solar power alongside that. So that will fall from sort of $37 um, per megawatt hour down to around $10 uh, per megawatt hour. That was figures that we took from um, Peter's uh, Peter's look back and anger forecast and yeah when you combine that with the fact that they won't be facing carbon taxes the actual cost of green hydrogen will fall below this of one $1.50 per uh, kilogram mark a lot quicker than people are expecting and all the while grey hydrogen will be while the costs won't be fall, uh, for the technology won't be falling uh, there'll be huge costs associated to the cost of the carbon emissions and as we saw last week through uh, the cost around blue hydrogen. The same will be said about blue hydrogen once we start accounting for the upstream methane emissions as well. Uh,
0: the graph you've put together is, is really does speak a thousand words. I mean, if you if you look at it, you can see exactly where the price of uh, hydrogen is going to be at various points. Now, I would argue that the cross between um, the uh, the grey and the green is going to move back from that 2027-8 20, 20, period. To 2024, 5. I I liken this to Simon will love the idea of comparing this with Unix, but when when we go back to Unix in sort of like 1980, it was a a way of doing. Computer operating system from the the last century. Yeah. Right. Which is now Android today, by the way. It is mostly Android, we're not all. when you When you saw that arrive, it was expensive. The machines it was on were expensive, but the cost, if you were a big company harnessing it at scale halved all of your computing uh, efforts halved and and I see and it was a huge fight. It was a huge bum fight. There were lots of tiny well, probably three hundred small businesses that started up around unix and some of them became large. The largest became Sun, and Sun got acquired by Oracle and is still there today, and the Solaris operating system is still there today from Sun and and IBM uh, had to had to join in, Hewlett Packard had to join in, all everyone's dragged into it, and hydrogen is going to be a war like that, but much much bigger. Um, it's going to start out with people saying, yeah, but it's expensive. Is it, you know, is anyone going to buy it? And then there's going to be breakthroughs and there's going to be changes of direction. And there's going to be improvements, technical improvements. Over five to seven years, there'll become a Tesla class of uh, company emerging out of this. And it's going to be one of the small ones today. Um, can you imagine right now, if you were sitting in the boardroom of someone like BP or Exxon Mobil, Mobil saying, let's make blue hydrogen. And you had this graph in front of you you'd say, yeah, but the investment won't be paid back before we're out of business. What's the point? And if they believe this graph, which is a, it, I, I believe this graph is, opt, is optimistic on behalf of Blue Hydrogen, uh, uh, and they should take a pessimistic view, they will never get their money back. So as they're looking at this as an investment, then the board room says, hold on a second, is there a way we can use this to our advantage? And the answer is, Let's try and kill off green hydrogen let's let's get all the governments to back us oil companies let's get our version of the story out there Let's strangle the investment in green hydrogen at birth and let's see if we can do that and then we can carry on making money out of um, gray hydrogen out of out of effectively methane and and business as usual and got to be the agenda because there's no investment here for blue hydrogen we can see that if they lose control of the hydrogen market they've lost the oil business and all the oil companies will know this and they will all have these same graphs these graphs that they don't show the public that they that they just show internally and say oh my god this is going to be the end for us we must stop this from happening and and so blue hydrogen is simply that it's a ruse to prevent investment
2: in green hydrogen. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the, the difficult thing is when you look at these oil majors is that a lot of their business is concentrated in in places like the U.S. Uh, and it's in these markets where you've got really low cost of natural gas and at the moment no carbon market to speak of. That if you look at blue hydrogen in the immediate term is it is it does have this cost advantage over green hydrogen. And I mean you've got the same in like Russia and to a certain extent in the Middle East, but once you think about how quickly they're going to have to implement these carbon markets to catch up with the likes of Europe, as soon as sort of carbon border taxes come into play, then that's where suddenly blue hydrogen becomes
0: sort of stranded overnight, really. Yeah, and, and also uh, tomorrow, in a very short s- space of time, Japan, South Korea and China, the three biggest importers of natural gas, are going to look at this and say, well, we're getting sold... Uh, natural gas at seven dollars a kilogram not not a dollar fifty yeah the russians and the americans sell it amongst themselves at that price but by the time they've liquefied it put it on a ship taken it halfway across the world and turned it back into a gas it's seven or eight dollars we can make hydrogen here for for less than that and we so so they don't have a they don't have a um, uh, a fighter in this game And and they go, oh yeah, but if we were to win the battle to control the technology behind green hydrogen, we could export that technology. And so China has only just woken up to this. And as in all things, more constant investment, longer term view and a consistent approach uh, means they'll probably end up winning this because there's an opportunity to kill off all the oil companies which are Mostly from the West. Do what about the the lobbying power of of the oil companies? I mean, that must be immense. It's it, uh, so. D- would do you not think that through sheer power and an influence that um, green energy could be? potentially killed off at birth as you were talking about. Uh, only if there's no countries support it germany already supports it it's got Mm, preference for green hydrogen and that means europe supports it i see Uh, even if the the uk is 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 gone with an even-handed approach so they as soon as they get um, one territory which they can own then they can spin out from there the other thing i've noticed is there's been a tone change in all the commentary i'm seeing in american discussion sites about this they're all saying, no, no, you don't want hydrogen. It's just a ruse for the oil companies. But some of that commentary is coming from people who you'd normally expect to be speaking for the oil companies. So they're trying to crush green hydrogen and blue in the process. I think, you know, there'll be another campaign that basically says, no, no, you might as well stick with natural gas. It's, it's low carbon. Ha ha. And there are no benefits to hydrogen. That that, that is purely on American sites. You don't get that opinion anywhere else in the world. It's just uh, no hydrogen strategy is what they is what they they're pushing for. Uh, the American um, the people that control uh, the voice to, to uh, American politics. Anyway, um, I think we, you know this is going to go on and on. We're going to watch this for some time to come. Um, I think um, your new report, Harry. On um, the price of uh, of green hydrogen coming out in Oct- early October, I think, um, really, really should, and you'll do a webinar on that, and uh, and you'll talk at length about this. Yeah, absolutely.